0: theme for today is power and authority and the Bible reading comes from Luke 10 1 to 20. God gives us a very stern warning in these following passages especially in verses 13 to 15. Jesus sends out his disciples The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveller's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, My God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into the streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on judgment day. Verse 13 to 15, What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honoured in heaven? No you will go down to the place of the dead. Then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you join me in confessing the Apostles' Creed? We stand. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell, Over to Pastor Michael.
1: Let me pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are amongst us doing the work of the Father and Jesus in our hearts and minds, and we Pray that that is what you do as we hear the word this morning. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh when I read some of the stories in um in the gospels, I wonder what it would have been like to be you know first hand witness of seeing Jesus preach and uh hear him and then uh seeing setting people free from evil spirits, healing the sick and injured. Well, if you look at the reaction of those that were there, I reckon I would be amazed. Because that's actually the most common reaction. People were surprised, amazed. It's actually used 50 times to describe people's reactions, seeing Jesus, hearing what he said, and seeing what he did. And why wouldn't they be amazed? Because he preached the, the word, the good news, in a way that people said, we've never heard anything like this before. And he set people free from tormenting spirits and he healed the sick and other things as well. He accessed the Father's power to remove the bad and release the good. That's, that's a definition I've come up with. Of uh, what does it mean to, what's spiritual authority all about? Accessing the Father's power to stop, remove the bad and release the good. I'm pretty sure amazed is the right word also when uh, after being with Jesus for a while, he said to his 12 disciples, you know what you've seen me doing? Now I'm sending you to go do the same. I think they would have been amazed. And we actually uh, see in Luke, in two chapters in Luke, Luke 9 and Luke 10, when he sent people out with his authority. The first when we have Luke 9 with his 12 disciples. I think we're going to plan C. Um, Sharon? because <laughs> he says in Luke 9 1 to 10 when, Je- when Jesus called the 12 together he gave them power and authority to drive out demons to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick I don't know what they were thinking when, they, when he sent them out but they went out anyway and what happened? So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. That's what they did with Jesus' power and authority. Well, they were called to do that. Jesus called them, didn't he? He said, I want you. I chose them and said, you're going to be my disciples and you could say he was preparing um, them for when he left. He said, you're going you're to be ones that are going to spread the message throughout the world. So that's Luke, Luke 9. And then we've got the second story from Luke 10, which we heard before. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Who were those 72? Where'd they come from? Good question, isn't it? Want a good answer? Well, we don't know. Well, we know some of them because we're told in Luke 8 that... Uh, Matthias, Joseph, Mary, Magdalene, Joanna and Susanna were with Jesus and the disciples. The women were looking after their physical needs. Um, They were the catering team. (laughs) So, and then, where were the others from? Well, we don't know. They certainly weren't the ones that uh, Jesus called. But, seems like they're the ones that just hung around anyway. We're going with Jesus. And um, my, we don't know, but I'm thinking, where were those 72? Well, they were all the ones that were there. He said, well, see what I've just said those 12 to do? Well, all you that are here, you go do the same thing. And the same instructions, pretty much. He says, When he sent them out, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. In other words, you know the power and authority that you've seen me operate with? You go to do the same thing. And uh, as I've reflected on this story a number of times, um, including today, uh, a few things stood out for me. There's lots of... we could preach a whole, I could preach all day on this, but you wouldn't like that, would you? <laughs> a Few things out me, stood out to me. Firstly, the sending of the 72 started with a need. So why did Jesus send them out? Well, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It started with a need. So many people need to hear the good news about Jesus. So many people need to experience the love, unconditional love of God. So many people, then, needed healing. And so many people need to be set free from the power of the evil one. And the need was so great, he said, even though I'm sending you, you go out, I need you to go out. But also pray that God, that the Lord of the harvest will raise up more to send out. It's always a dangerous thing when you ask God, Lord, send someone. And he says, I'll send you first. (laughs) Well, that was then, that was then, you know, because... The need was great then. What about now? How great is the need in our world for people to hear the good news about Jesus? How great is the need now for people to experience what unconditional love of God is like? How great is the need now for people to be healed and to set free from the power of the evil one? How great is the need now? Greater, we could say. Great prayer. Let's pray that now. Lord of the harvest, send out workers into his harvest field. Can you pray that? Lord of the harvest, send out workers into your harvest field. Dangerous prayer because he might send you out. (laughs) Because uh, the second thing I reflected on is that Jesus appointed the harvest workers. You know, he didn't invite, he didn't ask for volunteers. Who's willing to go out? He didn't invite applications. Put your application in and I'll see whether you're good enough or not. Didn't do that. Um, and like I said, how many did Jesus have to choose from when he appointed 72? I reckon he had 72. He said, all of you that have been hanging around me, out you go. You've been following me, now I'm sending you out. He didn't ask me if they were ready. He didn't ask me if they felt like they could do it. He just says, I'm sending you and I'm going to use you whether you think I can or not. That's how I see it. And, you know, he seems to be like that now, Jesus, I think, because I can't remember a time when Jesus consulted with me before he put me, people in my life that he wanted me to love or talk to or minister to he doesn't tend to ask me I don't know if he asks you or not it's, it's like being, uh, being appointed and I was reflecting on that um, a month ago I uh, went up to Nambour uh, in uh, Brisbane where Pastor Matt uh, Tealy is so uh, a, a son of this congregation I went up there to run the same uh, conference that I was running here yesterday and um, I uh, got in the plane to go to Brisbane and um, I always pick a um, seat up the back when I um, book booking because I like to, if, they, if they're going to fill the plane up, they fill it from the front so I like to have space. Anyway, the plane was full, that was fine and, I, and a gentleman sat next to me. Um, and his wife and young son, they sat behind. And uh, I said to him, oh, okay, it looks like a family trip. Is that right? And he said, yeah, yeah, we're going up to um, Brisbane and spend some time with my extended family. And uh, he said, what about you? What are you up to? I said, oh, well, I'm I'm going up to um, lead a conference on spirituality in um, Brisbane. He said, oh, okay. Well, that killed that that killed that conversation I thought so that was fine with me because I wanted to go through my notes in the way so the plane took off and and uh, got my tray out and got my notes out and was going through it and um, then a few minutes later he uh, he leans over and said so you said you're leading a a, a conference on spirituality so i would be interested to know what this power and authority is all about (laughs) I had a look at my notes that's fine I said oh okay well well it's sort of I'll be sort of helping people to understand that there's the spiritual realm, the realm we can't see, there's stuff happens there, understanding what happens there and how that affects us and understanding what we do here can affect what happens in in the spiritual realm. Um, So is that something you're interested in or involved in? And he said, well, I never used to be. I'm a a systems analyst, so everything in my world makes sense. Um, But then last November, my six-year-old daughter died of cancer, and I've been trying to make sense of that ever since. What did I do then? What do you say to that? Well, I've learned there's a prayer, and you might want to write this down. No, you probably remember it. It's a four-word prayer that I prayed. It's, It's a very helpful one. He goes silently, Help, Lord, what now? <laughs> and I say that because it felt like a, a divine appointment. Actually, I have a better word for it. It fe- felt like a divine setup to me or an ambush. And I thought, well, if God's put me there, He's got a plan. And you know what? I don't know what it is. So a good thing to ask: What do you want me to do now? Help, Lord. Now what? And the first thought that came to my mind, which I'm trying to think: Well, if I ask that, what's the first thought? Maybe it's from God. And the and the thought was: Just listen. And I thought, oh, well, that's a good idea. So I said, so I'm really sorry here about your daughter. So I'd be interested to hear what have you learned on your spiritual journey so far you're trying to understand this stuff and he started talking about where he's going what he's listening to he talked about going to a medium with his wife and said oh that was really helpful and, and I was thinking okay and ready to say something good to check back in so now what just listen and when he started then a few tears came then I'd pray again and I shared a couple of things. Um, oh, I agree with that, what you learnt there. And all the ways. Th- and then I thought, oh, what's going on here? And I will say this because I thought, when he, I actually shared a bit about, yeah, you know, there is a to, You know, I've, I've seen actually Jesus, there is power from the spirit to actually heal the sick. In the Bible, it talks about that. And I've witnessed that myself when someone with cancer had a tumour and it was miraculously, um, taken away and what I, and what did he say to that do you think it surprised me but then I wasn't surprised he said oh I've let my daughter down because I never, I learned about this too late I thought oh what an interesting, just self condemning and I thought where's that coming from so when he quieted again I said so in the name of Jesus under, no quietly Not quietly, silently. In the name of Jesus, I declare that this space is under the protection of Jesus and I I stand against any evil spirits that are trying to torment this man. Two hours later, I did a lot of listening and kept saying, do you want to say something? Just listen, just listen. And at the end of it, he said, this has been so helpful. It's like we were meant to sit together. And I said, yeah, I call it a divine appointment. And it started because I think God said, I'm going to use you. Just check with me what I'm going to do. And then um, I went running this conference. And I'll share this as well, I want another story. Because I, I, led the, I was leading this conference at Nambour, and I met this lady beforehand, her name was Tess. Her name is Tess and uh, she came up to me early on, she's interesting, she's a very colourful character, put it that way, and she told me, oh yeah, I used to be a witch, you know, before I became a Christian, I used to be a witch, I said, okay, great, and uh, what's this conference going, is it going to be any good or not, I said, well, I don't know, I'll let you be the, I'll let you work that out. After, you tell me afterwards if you think it's any good. She, oh, well, I don't wanna, If it's no good, I don't want to be here. Okay, that's fine. So I did the, was teaching about um, authority, and, and I'm, I mentioned somewhere, I'm pretty sure, that, that sometimes stuff that's going on in our life um, isn't just us, that is actually the influence of, of evil spirits. Anyway, lunchtime came up. I was really hungry, ready to go off for lunch. And she comes up and says, I need to talk to you. Okay, let's go. She says, I think I might, I think I might have a demon in me. You know, I reckon some, I might have that. Can you pray for me? Once again, another divine ambush. I said, sure, I can. And I was happy to. So I said, well, I don't know. Well, let's ask Jesus if what's going on. We'll ask him um, if, and she also said, she told me a couple of things. She said, I said, why do you think that? She said, well, I I don't know if there is something there, but I've got this condition and I I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's like a sort of epilepsy, but not the same, where she has these seizures every day or several times a day. She says, I'll be talking and then something can happen and I go spaced out and I don't know what's going on. And like my concentration, I'll read a book and then be reading something. Then five minutes later, I've got complete—I've forgotten completely what I've read—and it's really frustrating. And she had some name for that. And I—I I said, okay, well, let's pray. Ask Jesus. And so I'm thinking, wonder what is going on here. And I prayed, Lord, just show us what you want us to do here. What do we need to know? And she said, oh, I feel like something's wanting, something's trying to come out of my mouth. And I thought, well, maybe you need to, maybe maybe Jesus wants you to say something. And so this was, a, I just asked this question, saying, what do we do here? I said, so, I know you were a witch. Did you ever renounce your involvement in witchcraft? You know, repent and renounce? She said, oh, no, I don't think so, but... I stopped doing it. I said, Yeah, I, I know that. So, but sometimes we can leave something behind, but the spirits connect with that doesn't leave us behind. So I said, Okay, if I pray, lead you in a prayer of renouncing um, your involvement in witchcraft. And we'll, if there's any spirit connected to that, we'll get rid of it. She'll say, Oh, yeah, do that. Okay, so I led her in a prayer of renouncing. Repenting and renounce, you know, as we renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. I renounce my involvement in rich craft and anything to do there. I declare my allegiance is with the trying God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I want nothing to do with those any, those spirits anymore. And so, after she finished, I said, "So, any unclean spirit that's connected with that, I drive you out in the name of Jesus." I said, "So." feel anything she said no I said can I pray for your can I pray for your condition now in your head and she said sure so I said can I put my hands on your head yep so I put my hands on the head and I said in the name of Jesus I say um, Tessa's head be healed of all disease and all conditions and this is what I do I have my hand I said so is anything happening she says my head's really hot and I said, I can feel it too. I could feel the heat in my hand. I said, often heat is, is you know, is God's doing some healing. And, she, and I said, I'll just leave it there. And she says, oh, my head's really hot. I said, what's going on? She said, it feels, it feels nice. It feels really nice. Okay. And so when my, I said, just tell me, keep mind to what's happening. And uh, she said, oh, I think my hand's getting cooler. Yeah, yeah it is. And so I'll stop and say, well, geez, whatever you're doing, continue to do that in her. So she was pretty happy after that. Um, and she's the sort of person that everyone else there, they heard that, that story of what happened because she just told everyone what happened, you know. And so I thought, well, that's great. And then the next morning, she came to church. I said, so, did you, how's your head? She said, still Nice. Said, so did you have any, what's happened with the seizures? Had none. So she said, it's really surprising because I get them every day. So I was, she was pretty happy and we shared the testimony there. And then I rang up Matt uh, Tearley, uh, Pastor Matt, um, a couple of days ago. I said, I'd ask him about what else has happened at the congregation. I said, now how's Tess? And he said, no seizures since then. So she's happy. And there's a few people saying, what's going on here? what's going on here is that Jesus has sent us out, appointed us as harvest workers with his power and authority to preach good news, to heal the sick and set people free from demonic powers which leads me on to the third point Jesus is interested in our availability, not our ability. You know, when Jesus sent off the 72, when he sent off the 12, um, you can imagine them protesting to say, I could never do that. I can't do what you're telling me to do. And I can just imagine Jesus saying, Of course you can't. That's the point. You can't do this by yourself, but I, if you're willing, i just saying, I can do that through you, because it's, it's about what I can do through you. And uh, whatever hesitancy or fear or doubt was present, obviously wasn't enough to send them go, for them to go out. Well, what could they do? Jesus is saying, go. And if they didn't go, he would say, what are you still doing here? Off you go. <laughs> And what happened? They came back with joy. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And that really must have messed with them thinking, wow, this is what God can do through me. Wonder what else he could do. And I'm, I'm learning that I'm on a journey of saying, wow, I've seen what God can do. I wonder what else he can do. And I'm, I'm learning. And uh, something recently, I'm going to share that and finish with this story. Um, someone sent me a copy of this new book coming out by Roy Goodwin and I will bless them. Have anyone heard of Roy Goodwin? So he runs a, he's a uh, priest I think Anglican uh, uh, who runs a retreat centre in Wales. And I've been reading that book and he talks about how when we bless people in the name of Jesus, like just that, that word, that we bless, that, that there is a power in what God can do when we bless people. Not, not asking God to bless. And, and I will share this a little bit because he talks about the difference. So if I got to Ross and say, may the Lord bless you, have I blessed him? no I've said may the Lord I'm asking the Lord to bless him but it's different when you say when I say Ross I bless you in the name of Jesus that Jesus will do everything in you that he desires, you, desires to do in you so I've blessed him and I read this story because uh, it's really messed with me um, well it's saying wow I wonder what I'm amazed at what God can do, and the story comes from um, this retreat centre. And uh, in this book, he talks about this, where um, there was a salesman who was coming, to, who was uh, selling commercial photocopiers. Who went to the retreat centre, met with the secretary, trying, you know, wanting to say, "This is the photocopier we can uh, we can sell you," and so on. He finished his sales pitch. And he was surprised that the secretary uh, said, well, we'll consider that. Would you have a, like, like to have a tour of the uh, retreat centre? And um, he, says, he said, well, if there's going to get me a sale, you know, he was surprised. But he thought, well, if this helps me get a sale, I'll, I'll get to do a tour. So we did a tour, ended up in the chapel. And the secretary said, um, the normal practice was to offer to bless to say a blessing over everyone who comes. And he thought, well, he wasn't that interested. and uh, But he said, reluctantly, he said, well, if it's going to get me a sale, I'll, I'll let them bless me. <laughs> so he said, yes, you can bless me. Um, and I'll just read from the book what happened next. And I wonder what the secretary thought would happen when she blessed. Because they trained them. It says, we have trained Um, our staff when somebody who was not yet a Christian today says something like this and here's the blessing I bless you in Jesus name that you might come to know everything you need to know in order to live the fullest life possible as the person you were created to be and this is what it said My secretary, as yet unaware of what had happened, left him in the chapel so God could do whatever he wanted to do. do. The man later testified that the moment he was blessed, he felt as though he had been struck by lightning. His life was ripped open and exposed. After some time had passed, he set out for home and drove down into the valley where he stopped to look up at the hillside. It was a very gloomy day with black clouds and low fog. Just at that moment, a single sunbeam broke through and focused directly on the high cross on the hill. He sat there in his car, transfixed by it. Somehow, he said, he suddenly understood what Jesus had done for him. Once home, he announced to his wife that he was going to church. His wife, quite surprised by this turn of events, said she would go with him there he made a life changing commitment to the Lord Jesus closely followed by a similar commitment from his wife and it all started when a secretary said let me bless you can I bless you did she have any idea what power that God could have used for that Guess what we're going to do now? I'm going to invite you to do is something simple. Person next to you, go, or go to someone, and if they let you, ask them, can I put my hand, can I bless you? And you can use those words, or in other words, just how about use those words and see what happens. Go up to someone and say, declare those, bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Now I bless you in Jesus' name, Ross, that you might come to know everything in order to live
0: the fullest life possible as a person you were created to be. Thank you. And I bless you, Michael, in Jesus' name, that you might come to know everything you need to know in order to live the fullest life possible as a person you were created to be. Thank you.
1: What can Jesus do through us? I love, I love the, uh, the blessing of um, Paul at the end of Ephesians. I think he worked it out. What can Jesus do? Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Yes, thank you, Jesus, that you not only have all power and authority, but that you give us and send us out with your power and authority to spread your kingdom in this world. Amen. Please stand as you're able as we sing our next song.